in a world of opportunity. There are certain individuals who take the leap into uncharted waters. The brave souls who go beyond the status quo and challenge old school ways of thinking. They are the entrepreneurs. Join your host, Reggie B, each week as he uncovers stories of perseverance, new perspectives, and the secrets of success through candid conversation with those who struck out on their own and survived. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here's your host, the man, the myth, the legend, Reggie B. Hey, legends, welcome back to another episode of Entrepreneur 101 from concept to exit and everything in between. Listen, we've got a great guest on the show today, Laurent Noten, joining us all the way from Helsinki, Finland. Um, never been, hey, but you know what? I know there's seven hours difference, so it's good afternoon for Laurent right now. Um, but listen, let me tell you a little bit about Laurent. He is an entrepreneur coach. He's got a professional background in market research and advertising, and we with his company, they offer training courses for entrepreneurs and leadership teams who are kind of stuck. You can see his tagline there, stop being the bottleneck in your business, which we're definitely going to get to. He is also the host of his own podcast, Cracking the Entrepreneurship Code. And if he knows what that code is, he can make millions of dollars off it because <laughs> everybody's looking for that code. So so we may dig into a little bit about that, see if he's uh, willing to, to share it up. So, But listen, with that that being said, Laurent, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Reggie. Thank you for having me. Oh, hey, we appreciate it. So, listen, how are things in uh, Finland this afternoon? Well, getting warmer. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's four degrees Celsius. It's mostly sunny. I just had a walk, actually, before, before okay. this podcast. Yeah, well, that's great. It's about... An it's about nine degrees Celsius here, so really not a lot of difference. Sun shining, so uh, so that's great. So listen, we're gonna get before you know before we get into what you do business wise. I always think it's important for people to understand you know the person behind the business because I like to to show my listeners that listen, normal everyday people. <clears throat> who maybe didn't come from money, who maybe didn't, you know, get a business passed down to them or whatever, can become an entrepreneur and, and can can make it. Um, it's not easy. It's not always glamorous like we see on the internet, but it can be done. So, so I, I want to find out, you know, a little bit of your background pre-entrepreneur as to kind of how you grew up. I know you're a French national, grew up outside of Marseille, uh, Marseille um, but then you traveled a little bit. So tell me a little bit about your background before we get into the business. Sure. Uh, so like, like, like you said, I come from, uh, from France, from a city called Cavaillon, which is 70 kilometers north of Marseille. I did all my studies about the way to what we call the baccalaureate, which is at the end of high school uh, right. uh, in, that, in my city. Then I moved to Marseille for one year to prepare for business school. Then I went to a business school in a city in uh, called Poitiers, which is uh, west of France, like like northwest of France. Okay. Um, and in three years there, after that, I did my military service because it was still mandatory for me. I was I was I was the last year. In oh France wow! Okay. Of, uh, mandatory uh, service, military service. And while I was doing my military service, uh, my ex-partner, we were both you know, living in Paris, and 
then she, she was doing she was doing her own studies, and then she found uh, a job announcement published by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs to go and teach. Uh, well, I think I think it was for teacher or something like that, but teach teach French to uh, foreigners. Okay. In in eighty countries around the world, and she was doing her studies around that, and so she filled in a, a form. She applied for three countries, and the first country she applied for was Laos in Southeast Asia. Right. Because her thought was like, well, nobody knows Laos. Right. So if I got a chance to, you know, to be taken, I'm going to put a country that nobody knows about, so nobody will apply for it. Right. And, you know, I increase my chance to get it. And Absolutely. she was right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Smart thinking so, for sure. Yeah. And so she was selected, and it was. I had nothing, you know, she was selected. I just had finished, but by, by then, I just had finished my military service. I was looking for a job in France, but I was failing miserably. I was like lacking self-confidence. I was, I sucked right. <laughs> a lot, a lot. And I was not, I think I was not very well in my in my mind, okay. not in the right place. Yeah. And I think somehow, you know, I, grew, I, I jumped on that opportunity to flee. Yeah. And so we initially left uh, France and went to Laos for nine months because our initial contract was for nine months. And then nine months turned into six and a half years. <laughs> then we moved to Cambodia, then Vietnam, back to Cambodia. And uh, we stayed in Southeast Asia for 20 years. Wow. And then I moved to Finland. With uh, We separated in between, but I moved to Finland in July 2019. So I've been living outside France for the past nearly 24 years now. Right. Yeah, wow. That's... I, don't, I don't miss it. You don't miss it? No. <laughs> no I, don't miss, I don't miss France at all. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, between the three, you know, between France and Southeast Asia and Finland, there's got to be a lot of culture shock. Like, you must have yeah. had to, to you know, reassimilate um, to totally different cultures. How was yes. that? And, and especially when, you know, you have that entrepreneur mindset. Let's face it, the basics of entrepreneurism is the same, but there's obviously different nuances in, in different countries and different cultures. Yes. So, so how did you, how did you, adapt to that it was it was easy because i don't know i just i just loved it immediately so i remember i uh we landed in laos on the 3rd of october 1999 okay and when the the, the plane door opened and we were we were staying on the on the runway you know i was i was uh hit by the heat yeah <laughs> yeah know, in my face i was like whoa and i could see the mosquitoes flying around me <laughs> and i was like wow that's different and then, and then, you know, by then, at that time in 1999, Laos was was still, uh, you know, an emerging country. It still is today, but it was really the the capital, uh, Vientiane, had didn't have like asphalted roads or very okay. little, as far right. as I remember. And it was like a complete shock. Like it was, it was, it was, you know, imagine I come from France, civilized country, <laughs> quote unquote. And I go to their emerging country, and it's it's, it's completely different. There are no roads. There are there's there's nothing. Is I was not prepared yeah. for anything. You know, before I remember before going to France, before leaving to Laos, I went to the Institut Pasteur in 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 Paris because I wanted to learn about all the the vaccinations I had to do. Right, and they gave us a 
a lot of vaccination and they gave us like that that huge list of all the medication we should take you know for the dengue fever for this and for that yeah we spent if i remember well we spent like two thousand euros on all medication that we did not use once jeez. No. <laughs> Because they had no idea right. what works over there. Right. You know, I, I remember they were telling us, don't drink, don't drink water. Don't drink the water. From from, from the tap. Yeah. You know, that, on that they were right. But, you know, don't put ice into your, into your, into the, right. into the water. Do not go next to the water, uh, to the, next to the river, you know, in the evening. Uh, don't, don't drink like uh, fruit juices, etc. The first day, the first day we were doing all of that. <laughs> <laughs> that we were supposed to do. The first day we sat on the Mekong River, there was this wooden bar, uh, you know, some sort of a hole in, all you call it, hole in one or something like that. Right. Uh, you know, something, but it was, it was, it was nice. Yeah. Uh, it was like uh, sunset on the Mekong River. We were enjoying, uh, uh, I think it was a lemon juice with a little bit of sugar and ice cubes. Right. Ice cubes in it. Right. I, w- I wasn't sick at all. And from <laughs> that day on, I was I was like, wow. Yeah. I just enjoyed it. It was amazing. Laos is a fantastic country. People are so amazing. They smile all the time. You know, it's it's just, we just had so much fun. Right. So much fun. And we, we arrived at the same time with a lot of other young people the same age than us. We were yeah. like 23 at that time. And so, because there's not a lot to do in Laos, it's a small country, right. landlocked. You know, we made friends immediately. Yeah. And we were moving, you know, you know, it was open houses all the time to at, at everyone's. And we didn't need a lot to live. We had, uh, because Laos was so cheap by then, but we had a house, we had a maid, we were going out every night. And, you know, maybe we were spending like 800 euros a month. Right. <laughs> for wow. All of, for all of that. For everything. It was just just amazing yeah yeah and that's that's what i love about Southeast Asia. it's 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 like a surprise every day right you know and it's so different from from what you what you have in uh, in the u.s when you in, in in europe uh it's 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 very chaotic very chaotic yeah you 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 never know what the day is going to be <laughs> right? yeah but at the same time that's why that's why i was hooked because because of that and because also I was given responsibilities professionally right. very quickly responsibilities that I would have never have if I'd stayed if you'd stayed us. right yeah. yeah and and then I I you know it's it's yeah it was it was just amazing yeah but oh. after twenty years just to end, to, to close on on that uh, chapter yeah after twenty years everything that I liked I came to hate oh really it was too much. It was oh. the chaos. I was I was tired of the chaos. Okay. I was tired of you know you. For example, there is something that uh, in Southeast Asia, it's part of the culture that that they do a lot. Is they, is they never never say no because they don't want to lose face. Okay. So instead of saying no, I don't know, I don't know. They're gonna say yes, yes, and then later on they will tell you, oh by the way, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? Right. And so if you take like a transportation, public transportation, a taxi or a, a tuk-tuk, you go on a tuk-tuk, you say, I'm going there. So yeah, 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 no problem. And it starts. The guy, the, the tuk-tuk driver will start. And then 200 meters, 300 meters after, he'll say, oh, I don't know where it is. Where are you going? <laughs> all, and, you know, and there are little things like that all the time. Right. But I was so tired of it. I had enough. 
I had enough. I yeah. was coming, reaching a point where I was getting like racist in a country that, you know, I was not born in. It was yeah. not my country. So it yeah. was like, oof, it's time to move right. out. And I did it, I really needed like uh, something completely different, 180 degrees, you know. Yeah. And I needed people who were stopping at the at the traffic light when the light is red. <laughs> right. Go to Vietnam, try to cross the street in Vietnam. Yeah. See what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And and so that's why I moved to I moved. The, um, that's why I wanted to move back. I also wanted. I also miss like nature, like okay. uh, European type of nature. Yeah. I miss the snow, and my partner is uh, Finnish. Oh, okay. And she was. We met in Cambodia, and so we decided to move back to. Uh, well, we moved to move to Finland. Right. Wow, that's awesome. That's quite the story. And and it's funny you talk about trying cross the light. I remember I went to New York City. Now I'm a you know small town Canadian boy, and we went to New York City. And you know I, I remember that it seemed like the cab drivers used their horns more than they did their brakes. And it was the same thing, right? Try and get across the street. It didn't matter what color the light was. It's just if you hear the horn, right? You're you're putting your life in uh, in jeopardy there. So so it's amazing though. Now, do you feel those experiences though? help mold that entrepreneur when when was it you know throughout your journey you, you got out of the army you went to, to southeast asia based on yeah. somebody else's you know yes. dreams followings whatever where was it you decided you know what i think that that entrepreneur bug kind of bit and uh um was it sitting by the river when you weren't supposed to <laughs> like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> something bitch you, but it wasn't the entrepreneur bug but but where was it you decided you know what yeah i think this entrepreneur thing is, is for me yeah yeah i have always been surrounded by entrepreneurs okay always my best friends are entrepreneurs uh my father was an entrepreneur okay. his father was an entrepreneur but i didn't realize by then you know the impact he had on me uh and in my last in my last job when i was when i was working at the, this uh, advertising agency that was back in, in cambodia right uh, i had some shares in the business that was the first time i was kind of touching you know the entrepreneurship uh, right uh, area but it, i was i was a minority shareholder and the my business partner the owner of the company was like a serial entrepreneur he had like he had like four, four or five uh, businesses Okay. And I reached the age of, of 40. That was seven years ago, nearly. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I can feel it in me. I'm like, if I don't do it now, I will never do it. So I have I have I have to try. And I was discussing with him, my business partner, and he understood what I was what I was telling him. Yeah. And one of my best friends who was, who, was, who lives in the house who is who is a an entrepreneur himself, he has always pushed me to become an entrepreneur, but I never felt ready until that age. Right. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but what I what I what I've discovered about entrepreneurship is that it is a calling. You right. have it or you don't have it in you, and sometimes it just take, takes time to blossom. Sure, you know, for it's sure. just for in my case, it took like eighteen years. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try it, but before I do it. I, I want to be smart and just I need to find out what is it that I really want to do. Right. You know, what 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 my what is my thing? Yeah. And then it took me like another year to process that. <laughs> yeah. Just having slipped, you know, slept in, in my mind. Yeah. And and then one day 
and we are back in August 2017. Uh, well, I was with my parents on vacation and I literally woke up in the morning and I, re- I was like, yes, I know, I found it. And I said, I would become a coach slash trainer. Right. Why? Because it just made sense. I had come to realize that what I enjoy the most has always been, I'd always been like um, training, mentoring, coaching, educating, advising my staff, right. you know, and, and my, and my clients. I love the, the, the sparkles in the eyes of yeah. people when they learn something new. Yeah. And I've been part of that journey. You know, this is, this is my best reward. Right. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a coach. Just makes sense. And yeah. entrepreneurship, because that's what, this is what I, I was very familiar with because also in my experience, my professional experience, I'd always run businesses on behalf of others. So I sat in a seat of an entrepreneur. I know right. what it means to run a business. I had failures. I had successes. I I cried. I, you know, I, I, I laughed and all of that I knew very well. So I thought, all right, let's do it. Let's let's become an entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, coach for, sorry, and a coach for entrepreneurs and also do some some training because it's also something that I really enjoy. Right. And you know, you you saying that it, it took you a little bit to incubate and and that's yeah. one thing I find with a lot of entrepreneurs too is we don't realize, you know, we enjoy doing something and it comes naturally, but we don't even think, okay, well that could be a business because it's just like you say, you enjoyed giving that advice. You enjoy, you know, talking to people about it and, and you get passionate about it because you see the passion in them. But but we don't step back and think, I'm pretty damn good at this. Right? Yeah. We don't we don't give ourselves enough, you know, um we don't value, you know, ourselves enough to to look at yeah, that's kind of a gift. That's that's something I could probably do more with. Um, and like you say, you sat a year on that, and and I can tell you, you know, I, I'm a I'm an idea guy. I come up with business ideas, you know, all the time, and and I'll write them down. And and you know, I, I'm one of these guys who kind of the name of the show from concept to exit and everything in between that's me it's like okay boom 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 it's not what's step one no 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 i i can see it right through mm. and then it has to incubate for a while so I'll, i will put it aside and i'll come back to it and i always found that if i was still passionate about it whether it was a month down the road three months two years whatever then maybe it was an idea to go ahead with so yeah sometimes you gotta you gotta let it sit you gotta let it fester you gotta and if you come back to it and you can still say you know what yep i gotta do that then that's half the battle because you know that passion is attached to it and if you've got that passion you're you're gonna face those hard days because it's like I, I feel so good about this i know i know there's some value to it i know there's uh something to do with it so so you decided to start your own business now did you start it in cambodia or did you start oh you started in cambodia yeah okay i started in cambodia in october 2017 okay so Um, so let's talk a little bit about your business now now did you start with what you're doing now or did it kind of evolve over over a few years it's interesting because that bottleneck id yeah i had it from the beginning i started using it and then i went away from it to come okay. back to it like two, like two years ago. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I was not satisfied with it. Right. But yeah, I started immediately with uh, what I do today. Okay. So I, I had a I had a net, network of entrepreneurs. I reached I reach out to them. This is how I got my, my first clients. Right. 
Uh, also, I was doing a little bit of uh, of consulting on the side, especially in, in um, doing some research, uh, market research for for some for some clients because yeah. my background is in market research. And now that I was not working for a company anymore, I was cheap. It was cheaper to hire me. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he helped. He helped uh, pay pay for the bills. And then I moved to uh, Finland in July uh, 2019. And then, you know, I, I brought the business with me because most of what I do is, is online. Right. Uh, with, uh, with, with, with Zoom. But then I underestimated the lack of network, that uh, my lack of networking in Finland. I didn't know anybody in right. in Europe, and especially in Finland. All my network was in was in Asia. Right. Didn't recognize. I didn't realize that it could be. It would be a problem. And then COVID hit. Okay. Yeah. And so I kind of lost all my clients because they were telling me, "Look, we would like to continue with you, but you know, we are like uh, in deep trouble right now. Uh, so we have to cut all yep. expenses." Yeah. And in 2020, back in 2020, in February 2020, I was in a, in a hole. Right. Uh, I had to remember to tell you I had to go back to my parents to ask them for money. So okay. when you are 40 something, yeah. how, how, how old was I? 45? Right. You know, going back at 45 to your yeah. parents and ask them money because you're struggling with your business. Yeah. It's a very uh, humble experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And- and from that, did you did you have the self doubt about you know what maybe maybe what I'm trying to do here isn't really me? It's it's obviously you know I underestimated the value of a network, especially in a in a different place. And I'm 45, asking mom and dad for money. Should I just maybe get? Um, a real job, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Did, did you have any of that self doubt, or did you just, or did you just say, you know what, it's just a stumbling block? I got to push through it. I was, I, I always have self doubt, right? Always, always. But this is what also keeps me moving forward. But at the same time, I don't like. I, I love a challenge, and when I am, I am, you know, facing a facing a wall. Once I have come through all that, you know, self-doubt and and you know all these 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 bad feelings and this 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 space this 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 space that you are in your where you are yeah. in your head that is, that yeah. is wrong, you're not feeling well. I always try to find the opportunity. Okay. And so that, but that's my motto. My motto is that uh, Albert Einstein's uh, quote: "In the middle of uh, uh, adversity lies opportunity." So as soon as I find I find the opportunity, I move my energy onto it. Right. And so that's what that, at that time that's what I did. I was like, okay, is this first? Is this what I want to do? Yes, it is what I want to do. This is this is always I always try to remember why I'm doing it. Right. Okay. What I do because this is I love it. There's no way. I was born for it, and so I need to continue. Right. And then it's okay. What is the opportunity right now? Because you can't, you can't be defeated like that. It's not going to happen. Right. Okay. Uh, so I found the opportunity. This is when I decided to uh, to completely revise my strategy. I started. I started my podcast, and I started reaching out to people in Finland, uh, etc. Et and this is the. I've always had the same the same approach. All the time. This is my way of getting through a challenge. 
you know, uh, being an entrepreneur, <clears throat> you will, you talk always, you always talk about resilience, right? Grit. I like to talk about grit. That's 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 what it is. But you have to remember why you do it, right? And yes. if it makes sense, I mean, I, I've asked myself, do I really want to go back to uh, be an employee? Sometimes I miss it, right? Because sometimes, you know, I used to I used to run a company with fifty staff, etc. It was that was fun. I, I had a lot of fun. It was it was it was amazing to build a team, right? You know, with whom I still have contacts. That was really really great, but that was not mine. It was somebody else's dream. It was yes, right? Yes, and and today I do what I was born to do, right? If I can't make it. A success it's my fault <laughs> you know so right. i have to i have to i have to try i have to try until i reach the point where i feel like yeah okay right that's that's good enough yeah no and that's great and i think this is a great segue into what you do because you know you talked about and, and as entrepreneurs um we either have to be you know our our best champions um because there's nobody standing behind you pushing you right but most of the time, a lot of the time, we're our worst enemies because, like you said, it's it's up in here, right, where we need to get this right. And yes. if we can't get this right, and, you know, I, I know that's a lot what you focus on because you say that, you know, the biggest risk to entrepreneurs um, is becoming the bottleneck in their business. And, and I know a lot of that plays in a mindset. So, so let's talk about, you know, what does this mean? What are some of the common symptoms that you know you see in entrepreneurs who who are becoming the bottleneck in their business, and what can they possibly do about it? Let's talk sure. about let's talk about your business. Okay, cool. So being being the bottleneck, you 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 can all imagine you know visualize what a bottleneck is. Right. right? It's it's going like narrow. <laughs> yeah. And then it blocks the the flow, and that's what happens uh, with yourself. We are all, like you said, we are our worst enemies. And when we are our worst enemies, this is when we become the bottleneck, all right? You know, when we, to give you an example of uh, what's going on in our mind, this is when we are asking all these questions in our mind, we're turning into circles, okay? Very yeah. stupid questions, or why Why am I like that? Why did, why, why I can't succeed, blah, blah, blah. And we turn into circles like this and we never move forward. The way to move forward is to stop asking questions like that, right? You know, and just move forward, <laughs> right? You know, just to decide, okay, enough, and let's go now, right? But we don't do that somehow because we're we're stuck in our head, and that's when we become the bottleneck. We are the bottleneck of ourselves. Entrepreneurs, it's the same. It applies to entrepreneurs. It applies to everybody. But entrepreneurs, especially when the at the beginning of the of the journey. But also, it also apply when if, even when as the business grows. The, as the entrepreneur, you are the engine. There's no difference between you and your business. You are your business. Right. So if you are stuck in your head, because you're the engine, what happens? Well, the, the vehicle, your company, is stuck too. Right. But you can move forward if you have staff, etc. But it won't move as fast and it will move as far as you want it to move because you're stuck into your head. You are the bottleneck. Right. And so that's why it is for me the biggest risk. That is, and every time I mention, you know, when was the last time you were the bottleneck? Everybody, every entrepreneur knows intuitively what I'm talking about. And everybody will say, oh, yeah, you know, 
I'm always the bottleneck. <laughs> okay? Right. And then the symptoms are, are very different. I've identified, I think, 20 different symptoms, but I'm oh, wow. pretty sure there are, are a lot more than that. Right. But I can, give you, I can give you the three most common. Sure, yeah. The, the first one is when you are lost into details. Because as an entrepreneur, at the beginning of the journey, most of the time you are by yourself or with a very limited team, right? right? So yeah. what do you do? You do everything. Yes. Yeah? And so you, your head is stuck into everything, every little details. Fine, I understand I understand that. But as the company grows, the problem is, is you continue doing that. You know, the company grows, but you, you have developed this habit of yeah. looking at every small doing, detail. Yes, yes. Micromanaging. Micromanaging, right, for instance. Yes. And then you keep on doing it. But the thing is, as the business grows, what you need to realize is that you need to be less and less detached from operations so that you can focus more and more on strategic thinking. Right. Where am I going? Why am I going there? How are we going to get there? You know, what is the process? Do I have the right people? Do I have the right resources to get where I want to go? Right. But you, when you are lost into details, you can't do that. Hence, you're the bottleneck. Right. The thing is, you do not allow others to move forward because they're waiting on you. Right. Yes. Yes, it, it can be hard as an entrepreneur. Like you said, we, we start doing everything. We spend all this time working in our business and it can be hard to transition to that working on our business. And yes. we keep micromanaging it. And so we, we remain being the bottleneck, absolutely. Yes, yes. And that ties into uh, the symptom number two, which is the inability to let go. Right. It's so difficult to let go, isn't it? Absolutely. We're afraid. Let's face it, businesses, you know, become, you know, I'm, a, I'm a parent. I don't know if you are or not, Laurent, but um, there, there are babies. I know. Right? We raise these up from, from concept, just like we raised our children up from when we talked to our spouse or whoever it was about, ah, maybe we should start a family, like whatever. This is this is one of our babies, and it doesn't matter how big it gets. It doesn't matter how many people you got working for you. You're on vacation. Guess what? That child is still in the back of your mind. You're wondering how the hell is it doing today, sort of thing. So, yeah. so sorry. Continue yeah. on there. It's, no, no, but it's interesting what you, that you're saying. You're talking about uh, kids because I have two kids. One of them is 17 right now. Right. It's a teenager, and I need to let go. Right. About some stuff. Some. About yes. Life. Yes. Because absolutely. Makes decisions by himself. Absolutely. And I have so much difficulty yeah in doing it yeah that's a great analogy to being an entrepreneur it's exactly yeah. the same for instance you hire people right you have as a company grows you hire more leaders right, you right. managers right. right okay everybody understands that but what is the point of firing them if you do not give them the authority to make decisions by themselves right and that happens so many times you hire people you hire leaders but then you end up making all the decisions Right. Because you don't want to let go. And, and I let think that <laughs> and I think that might be one of the differences there because you said between, you know, hiring a manager and that and I think a lot of the times we don't trust that we've hired leaders because leaders we trust to lead. Managers we trust to to look after the things we tell them need to be looked after. Um so a lot of times I, I think, you know, we we're not looking for the right type of person because a lot of times, you know, finding a, a, a leader 
is tougher than finding a manager. And I'm not putting managers down. There's great managers out there, but there is a difference. There is a difference between having a leader come into your company and, and kind of having the trust in them or yeah. having a manager that, yeah, you need to, to check in on. So, yeah, but you know, you know why it's, I think it's because, and I used to have the same problem, just make the same mistake. It's because when we recruit someone, we spend, we, we focus on the technical skills. Right. right. If you look at most of the job announcements today, it's 80% of it, of them, it's all, all on technical skills. Right. But ask anyone the question, what will the, what would the, the, the qualities of the ideal candidate be? 80% of the answers will be soft skills. Right. We'll talk to you. Uh, the answers will be like, oh, we want someone who is able to, you know, work in a team. We want someone who is uh, friendly. We People skills. Can, yeah, we want someone who can work independently, make yeah. decisions, you know? And and do that also. Ask your question to, to yourself or to your team. What is the best boss you ever had? 100% of the answers will be people's skills. Absolutely. And the thing is that that is not reflected on job announcement and therefore it is not reflected in the recruitment process. Now, it's very important that you, like you said, you spend time to think about who you want to hire, but not from a technical point of view, from a people's point, point of view. Right. From a behavior, from an attitude, because those are very difficult to teach. Technical skills you can always teach. Absolutely. And, and I think it's, and I might screw this up, but it's, uh, I think it was Russell Branson that said that uh, people don't quit jobs, they quit managers, managers right? Yes. Because like you said, we're not focusing on, on those people skills. You know, a, a lot of companies look at, and this is where I, I say, you know, I, I'd rather be street smart than book smart any day. And a lot of them, you look at, you know, job applications where they're looking for that college graduate. They're looking for the person who has the technical skills, the book smarts, the the knowledge. But that doesn't mean they're good with people. No. Right? So, no. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We need to kind of turn our focus a, a little different. Yeah. And, and I can add, also, we make the mistake when we promote someone internally, we make the mistake of promoting that person based on technical skills. How they, good they an, were at their job. You, yes. Give right. you a classic example. The head of sales, it is going to be the person who makes the highest sales, right. biggest revenue. You know, the best, the best salesperson. Yes. But the best salesperson might not be the best leader. Right. It is the best. He or she is the best salesperson. Yes. Right. It's because again, we're looking at technical skills. We're looking at at you know how well they are in their doing their job. Right. But when you hire a manager, when you hire a leader, you have to look at completely different uh, set of, of skills that is completely different. Yes. Yes. No, that's great. Um, so what's, what's number three? I think we touched oh, yeah, on two three. there. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> no, number three is uh, what I call the lack of clarity of direction. Okay. As the company grows, you often hear people, you know, hesitating. Where should I go? Straight, left, or right? Okay. That is often because they have, uh, they are misaligned with what we call in French the raison d'être, the reason to be of their company, the reason why the company was created in the first place. Right. Simon Sinek talks about why. A lot of a lot of entrepreneurs I have I have uh, interviewed on my show they talk about purpose or impact. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about here. The clarity of direction comes from your purpose, from the impact you want to make. And you created the company 
the you all have a story. Like I have my story. My story is I woke up in the morning at my parents and I knew what I wanted to do because it just made sense. That is my story. Every time I am not, I, 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 I doubt. I go back to that story. I go back to why I became an entrepreneur coach. Right. And, you know, do that. Do that all the time. Go back to that why. This is your DNA. This is, you know, we all have a story. We all remember when the company was created. We all have every entrepreneurs I talk to, they will tell you, they will tell you exactly when it happened. They will tell you how it happened. They will tell you, they remember who they were with. They will tell you what they were talking about. They will tell you what they did on that particular day. That is when you created the DNA of your of your company. So as the company grows, because we hire staff and because there are so many opportunities everywhere, right. it is quite easy to get misaligned with it. And this is where, you know, your direction is not clear. And you become the bottleneck again. Right. Because it falls on you, the entrepreneur, to set the direction and then to explain to everyone, this is the direction and this is why it is the direction I need you to get there. And you and you and you and you, you're going to help me doing it and this is your job. Right. But when you don't do that, your staff are lost. They don't know They don't know what, why, why they wake up in the morning and work for you. Right. And you, we all we all have heard stories about companies, uh, uh, you know, bankrupting because of because of that. Yeah. So lack of clarity of direction, number number third bottleneck. Right. So and you know it's funny how how you were talking about your why because this is something I'm going to talk about in my golden nuggets. So it's funny how we kind of align there. But mm. I think people don't put enough. Um, value into the strength of the why and it's something I'm going to touch on because because if you can go back to it and and I mentioned this later too but I talk about it a little bit right now when things get tough if you can go back to that why and say why the hell did I start this anyhow like what why why?" because we can lose we can lose track of it right because it might be five years down the road and you know I'm going to get into that but um there's so much power in knowing why did I do this that can just help realign you back on your path um because when we start a business as much as we think we know we don't know what we don't know and there's going to be shit come up that it's like, oh, yeah, you know what? I never thought about that. Um, maybe I should go down that path. Well, we're not prepared for that path. We didn't plan on that path. And and then we get halfway down that path and it's like, oh, shit, I, I either got to turn around and I just wasted all this time doing what I thought we should do. Um, or maybe I should have stopped before and clarified why I was doing what I was doing in the first place. And I, I might have been able to choose that path differently. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, first so- client, this is what happened with my first client. My first client was this is we, we did that that work. It was a couple. You know, they had a company, they had a advertising agency right. in Cambodia. And we did this work together about, you know, what do they do, who they are, where are they, etc. At the end of the of the coaching session, that's what they tell me. They told me that we, we went back to our roots. Right. We had lost clarity of direction. Right. And some years after they sold the business. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. maybe it was linked, maybe not. I like to 
to, to believe it was linked. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, you got to know. Um, so, so now what do you work with on your clients when you figure out these, you know, these issues, what are some of the steps that you, you have your, your people taking to help them get that clarity back and, and you know, stop being that bottleneck? Yeah. So the, the first thing we, uh, I do with my clients is uh, I understand where they are now and what, what are they struggling with. And so we, before we enter in a, in a coaching relationship, which is going to last around, usually around six months. Right. Uh, I worked, I established with them what I call key success indicators. Okay. Three of them, because three three is a good number. They are, you could call them like objectives yep. for them, you know? Yep. Because coaching is about the results. It's right. about, I don't sell coaching, I sell results. Right. But the results is, start with, with the coaching sessions, but then it is achieved by them. Because in between sessions, they have to do the work. Right, absolutely. Uh, I always I always joke with them. I say, you know, I don't do anything. <laughs> I just ask questions. You do, you do all the work. Yeah. You pay me for that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But having those key, those key success indicators help them do the work uh, and pay me also help them make them be accountable for themselves. Absolutely, yeah. Because they know what they have to achieve. They know right. where they, they know where they go in. So that's the first, that's the first uh, really important work is imagine, imagine the, the you now, sorry, you have a you now, yeah. like you as you yeah. are today. I want you to think about the you in six months, you at a personal level, but also at the business level. What do you, would you like to have achieved by then? Right. And so that's the first, that's the first step. And then every session at the end of every, at the, at the end of every session, we, they will, they will leave with homework right homework towards those key success indicators but sometimes also because you know life happens and the business environment changes all the time it may well be that in, during a coaching session they tell me well I have, a, I have a problem can we talk about that now yeah so most of the time when i enter a coaching session i am not too sure what we're going to talk about mm -hmm. i know what they want to achieve but like i said I don't see everything. I don't do the work. I'll, I'll talk to them like on a regular basis, but you know, I'm not them. So right. it might very well be that we might very well be that we talk about something completely different because they really have that problem. Right. And then, so usually we work. Uh, we we meet each other on a every other every other week for a duration of of six months. Right. Uh, and my job is really about asking questions and listening. That's what a coach, a coach, a good coach does. A right. coach asks the right questions at the right moment. Listen to the answers, but like I'm really talking about listening actively. Yes. Active listening. listening, yes. No, not listening and doing something else at the same time. This is the most difficult aspect of being a coach, I think. Absolutely. Active listening stage for one hour. You have to give your full attention to what the people are are, are telling you. Right. Are talking about. And, and then, because I'm also a business coach, uh, I mean, entrepreneur coach slash business coach, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I have this experience with me, I sometimes also give advice. You know, I'm not just a coach who only asks questions, I also right. give advice, and we, we debate about those advice. And it's more, it's it's often happens that my clients ask, what, what, what do I think what about do you, the yeah, situation? Yeah. yeah. So it may well be that, 
I told them, I don't know, what do you think? Or it may well be that depending on how I feel about about it at, at the moment, on the moment where they, where they ask me the question, it may well be that, you know, I give them my, my opinion. Right. So that's that's pretty much how it, how it works. Uh, okay. So first, three key success indicators. Then we meet on a regular basis yeah. every other week uh, until we achieve at the end of six months. The, the goal is to have achieved those key success indicators. Right. During at the end of each, every session, they, they leave home. They, they have their homework during yeah. the session. I could use some uh, some some exercises, some tools. It really depends on you know how they feel, on how, they the, feel how they feel on the day. Right. Uh, it really depends on you know ha. Ah, I know, you know, you just said something. Hold on, I know, I got the perfect tool for you right now. Let's 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 go, let's let's do it. Yeah, yeah, and, and and that's that's an important part of not only being a coach but being a business is you know yes. you're meeting in two weeks and you kind of have an idea what you're going to talk about, but there's something else going on, just like you alluded to. So you need to be able to pivot. Yes. right you need to be able to you can't be so and, and that's a problem i think a lot of entrepreneurs get into as well is they've they've laid out this path and they put the blinders on and no i have to stick with this path i have to this is a plan this is a plan you have to be able to pivot you got to be able to adapt to the situations because you don't know what's going to happen nobody could have could have told us that you know we we're going to go through two years of a shit show called covid right where the bottom dropped out of your business because of the networking aspect and and so if you're not adaptable if you're not able to pivot you're probably going to be dead in the water in five years yeah. and that's yeah. i think a lot of what entrepreneurs run into and and um you know like that's you said reason, that's the reason why i don't I don't like to put them to, I don't have a program right. you know, where, where you enter, you go through the boxes, you go right. through the, the process and, and at the end of the program, I've, I've made so many promises that, uh, you know, you will never achieve. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's yeah. what I do is only one, one on one. Uh, right. and that's every every situation is different. Absolutely. The symptoms, the symptoms are more or less the same, Yeah. but I believe like because like i said you know entrepreneurship entrepreneurship is is a calling every entrepreneur is different there is no right. difference between but there is no difference between you and your company right we all have our own personalities so you give the same problem to two different entrepreneurs the way they will treat it is yes. completely will be completely different yes so that's why i only do like one-on-one -on -one sessions right over over the long term right uh, so i forgot to mention also the between between session i i, I uh i am uh, sorry, I uh, I am reachable on WhatsApp. So okay, I yeah, always, yeah. I'm always, you know, you can always talk to me on WhatsApp. I try to send them some uh, some news, some articles, some videos related to what we are we are discussing, or to the goals to the goals they want they want to achieve, uh, because they need they need I have I have to be here for them all the, all the time during our coaching our coaching relationship. Right. Yeah. Also, I want to make sure they do their homework. <laughs> Absolutely. That's very important. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I think that's a, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that's an important, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm just going to grab a drink. But I think that's an important thing for people to realize is just because you're going to a coach and they have knowledge that they're going to share, but, you know, everybody says knowledge is power. And I kind of disagree with that. I, I say utilized knowledge is power so you can you can know everything you want to know but if you don't do anything with it well then it doesn't matter yeah. so the fact that you sit there and say 
yes, I, I'm going to tell you something, but you got to do the work, right? Yes. So don't think you're going to go to the coach and get all the answers because you're not. <laughs> you're going to get some clarity. You're going to get some guidance. You're going to get a, a different perspective, but you still got to put in the work because at the end of yeah. the day, if, if you're not invested, then you might as well go go get that day job. Go because there's nobody coming behind you. The, the coach can't make you succeed. The coach is a tool for you to use to, to maybe get you back on that path. So so I think it's very important when you say, yeah, you know what? You're getting some damn homework and, and you have to do it. Um, yeah. it's, it's like being back in school, right? If I can add, yeah, and if I can add on top of that, I would say if you go to a coach, do not expect short-term results. Right. It's a long-term process. Right. Some of those coaching sessions will be more impactful than others. Yes. But a lot of the results that you will get will come once the coaching agreement or relationship, coaching relationship is over. Right. Especially if you continue, if you been, because you have been put on the right tracks. Yes. Right? And yes. if you continue to on those tracks, you will see the results. Right. I, I see, like, uh, recently I saw a client of mine, we worked... Uh, two years ago, we worked together and we've still been in contact after two years. And recently he told me like, you know what the discussion we had last time about, you know, that, that I should start my business, you know, from scratch again. This is exactly what I did. Yeah. It just took me two years, but now I got funded. <laughs> right. Started people completely, we're starting from scratch again, but with yeah. new people, new intentions, I just yeah. got funded. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and it's great how you said, don't expect that, you know, it's, there's no, you know, A, in business, there's no get uh, rich quick scheme. And B, sometimes the results aren't overnight. You got to, you got, it's no different than you started your business, you know, bootstrapping it with a couple bucks in your pocket. You didn't expect overnight success. So why would you expect, you know, things to change overnight? So, yes. yeah, you go in, you know, with some expectations, but the expectation has to be this is going to take a, a little bit of time so no i think i think the approach you take with, with your your clients is awesome so now let me ask you now you've been doing this for a little bit right knowing what you know now um is there anything you would have done differently so is this interesting because i ask exactly the same question oh, by, by, uh, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, there is definitely one thing that I can think of on top of my head, which I already mentioned in the conversation, is when I moved to Finland. Right. I was sleeping on my laurels a little bit because I was lazy. I think I was a bit lazy. Yeah, yeah. And we get that way. You get. We all get complacent when things are going well, right? We, we, we do. We tend to let, rest on those laurels. Absolutely. So you're not alone. And being now. complacent is yeah. one of the bottleneck symptoms right. I've identified. Right. But that, exactly what happened. I was complacent. And I should have spent a lot more time preparing my, my, my arrival in Finland, you know, getting some contacts, building my network here. Because right. even though my work is done online, I need a base. Yes. You know, and my base today is in Finland. And so while I've spent, when, when the COVID hit, I spent my, my, my time building that base, making some connections, which today are paying off. I'm getting involved more in the startup community, for instance, right. so that I can find also clients in, in Finland. I can get you know my name out there, yeah. which helps me then reaching outside right. to, the, to the world. So yeah, don't underestimate the importance of building a solid base wherever wherever you live even though you know you can be your business can be like uh uh re done remotely right 
Yeah. Very, very important. Yeah. But that's definitely one thing that I would have done uh, differently. Right. Uh, also, I think what I've, I would have done differently is I reach a point where I need to be, be uh, more structure in uh, so that I can get more more qualified leads faster so that you know my business becomes sustainable yeah I should have studied that a bit a bit earlier right but it's always the same you know you're like oh, okay uh, should I should I invest the money now yeah or, or not oh, business is doing good okay so yeah maybe yeah. maybe I should have done it a little bit earlier right uh, this is something that I'm gonna definitely do this this year yeah having someone because that's also a mistake a lot of um, solopreneurs do is they don't hire they don't they don't uh, use others they don't outsource you know uh, services to others right do it. right you can't succeed by yourself yeah so yeah. you know get out and hire people outside of your business to help you build the foundations to help you delegate all the stuff that you don't want to do delegate that to others invest the money it's really worth 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 it and that is something i should have done yeah. right yeah. right and, and it's funny you know i i just watched um a webinar yesterday or a chat yesterday and, and i'm blanking on the gentleman's name i know it's damon he's from shark tank um <clears throat> the the starter of fubu but I'm drawing a blank on his last name, so I apologize for that. But he kind of said the same thing here. He said, you know, when he started the company, right, he started selling hats on a street corner. And, you know, he sold $800 in hats or whatever. And so, but as he started to evolve, uh, you know, and his target market, I think he said, you know, during the hip hop age was, you know, 18 to 32 year old males. Um, but then he realized, well, wait a minute, they got girlfriends who are kind of into the same thing in this. But I know absolutely nothing about the female market. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing so he had to bring in other people who could help him develop that market he had the product but he didn't have the knowledge he didn't have those yeah. connections he didn't have that network so to speak and and he said he did that with every aspect of his company whether it was bringing in you know different color shirt lines he said he started with 10 10 different colored shirts he found out that you know what 80% of them that we sell are black, 15% are white, and maybe, you know, the other 5% are, are one other color. Um, so there's a, so the, there's so much different learning that has to go on when you're, when you're building this business. And like you said, lean on other people. Don't be afraid to involve other people who are experts in, in what they do. Um, because building a business is not a one man, one woman show. It's definitely, especially when you start growing right lean on others we're and i think that comes down to knowing your strengths and weaknesses yeah right yeah, yeah. so and as a solopreneur you can build you can build a, an ecosystem around you right I, I don't want to i don't want to build a company i don't want to become an entrepreneur right and build something that goes that grows behind me because i'm happy with that right yes you know but i can't do it by myself so i need to build an ecosystem around me to help me build what it is <laughs> that I want to achieve. Right, right. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this. What do you enjoy most about being an entrepreneur? And what do you struggle with? What do you enjoy the least, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better term? <laughs> what I enjoy the most is the, is the freedom, is what a lot of entrepreneurs would talk about, is that ability that, you know, I can do whatever I want. Right. I can make the decisions I want. I don't have to report to anybody. Uh, I can also, 
being an entrepreneur has given me an opportunity to find my voice and to say stuff, to be a bit bold okay. and say what I really truly believe in, what I entrepreneurship, the work, the work that I do. Uh, and I, I was able to say that through, uh, you know, not only my coaching sessions, but also, but also uh, uh, social media, for right. instance. Okay, so it has taken taken me out of my comfort zone. Yes, and that is really what I love, and also the, the fact that it always comes with challenges. You know, it's always, always, always challenges, which forces me to really think all the time. That I really love. Right. What is what I've done. But I, it's not, I don't dislike it. It's just, it's it annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> I think too much. You know, it's another way of becoming the bottleneck. Is that I think too much. I get distracted by all these ideas that I have. Right. And instead of you know going into one direction and digging into it, and and until and, and finding out if it's going to work or not, I tend to go into there there and then oh hold on I got a better idea and poof move into that that other idea right and so I don't I don't finish what I have started right okay so that is uh, what is uh, very annoying right <laughs> <laughs> now you know we we always talk about you know a lot of times about yes it, it it's uh you know a great life and it it is you know it's the, the time freedom and like you say you know a, a lot of time entrepreneurs do not make good employees right we, we can be bullheaded we can be stubborn we can you know because we have all those kind of leadership qualities that sometimes we get a manager and we just butt heads with and and but um regardless so we always talk about you know yeah it, it's worth it in the long run but how would you say you know becoming an entrepreneur has affected your your family life both you know positively but negatively as well i mean I think positively, uh, because I'm in charge. I'm in charge of my time. I can make more time for my personal my personal life. Right, right. I can I can say okay now let's go and you know have some you know I don't know let's let's take some vacation here and there. Yeah. Okay. It, it's easier. It's easier to do. Right. I don't know. I don't know if my, my fiance would agree with me. Maybe right. with me, but this is <laughs> this is this is how I how I feel. Like being able to structure to control my time better. Control your time. So, yeah, right. so that I can I can spend more time with the the, the personal stuff. Right. But um, but on the other hand, I know I work a lot too. Yes. The problem is I never stop working. Working doesn't mean like doing stuff. It means thinking. Right. So that's the other, that's the negative aspect is that the thinking never, ever stops. Right. And because I work from home, it's even more, it's even more difficult. Right. You know, so maybe this is something I would do differently. You see that it's maybe now I would, maybe it's time that I move out of home. Right. Yeah. To, to a co-working space or something or something like that. Or, you know, have a hybrid type of uh, right. situation where I, Two or three times a week, I go to our co-working yeah. space, yeah. and I stay home when I need to record my podcast, for instance. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing. It's I never stop thinking, right? And so sometimes I'm lost into my thoughts while in while participating in a in a family activity. Right. I am lost into my thoughts because I'm thinking about my business, yeah. and then when the business is not doing well, 
you know, I, it makes me stressed. Yeah. It makes me nervous. It makes me, it gives me anxiety and that impacts my relationship with, uh, with my family. Absolutely. Yeah. It can, it can definitely be, you know, working from home and, and both myself and my wife are entrepreneurial. We both have our own businesses. Our, you know, our offices are pretty much beside each other. There's a door between us, but it's too easy to say, uh, you know what, I'm just going to send out one more email. Yeah. I'm just going to, oh, you know what, I, I just want to check this. Uh, we find ourselves doing it, you know, constantly. But we, we did put something in place where, you know, we have a hard cutoff. And, you know, we we stick to it. We don't miss it. And we join each other on the couch and she'll have a glass of wine. And, and you know, it's time to talk. And we may talk business. But... We're, we're communicating with each other. We're staying away from, oh, I'm just going to do one more thing, just one more thing, because it's way too easy. So I like your idea of maybe getting out a little bit and, and you know, have, having that uh, that co-working space. So, um, so before we start wrapping up here, what, what are three key elements you think are important for an entrepreneur to have? As in, in general? As in general, what, what um, you know, qualities, I guess we'll call them. What, what do you think are three oh. qualities that are important for an entrepreneur to have? The, I think the main one, as a start, it's have the right mindset. Right. Being an entrepreneur is not for everyone. Not everyone can become an entrepreneur. You may have an idea, a great idea, but it doesn't mean that, you know, you're the right person to develop that idea. Right. Yes. Entrepreneurship starts in your head first and foremost. Right? Mm -hmm. If your head, if your mindset is not in the right place, you will not be successful. Right. And we go back to being the bottleneck. You know, it doesn't matter. The technical skills are really important. Don't get me wrong. They're yeah. very important. You, know, yeah. you need technical skills like sales, time management, financial management, all of that you need. Okay. But this, the brain, you know, the mindset, the right. greed, resilience, all that stuff, you know, the ability to, when you fall, the ability to stand back up and go at it again, because you will fall. Right. It's 100% guaranteed. <laughs> Absolutely. You will fall. Sometimes you fall hard. Yes. Very, very hard. Yes. But you have to find it in you to go back at it. Right. And so you must have the right mindset. If right. you don't have it, don't don't try. It's Absolutely. okay. It, it, it's okay. Nobody can be, this is not for everybody, it's fine. Right, absolutely, yeah. So I, I would say this is the, the first quality that, that, that you need. Right. I would think the second quality, which is ties to the first one, and is something that is completely underrated by most entrepreneurs, is that you need to be really good at taking care of yourself. Right. And I'm talking here, wellness in general. I'm not talking only about in terms of, you know, having a physical uh, activity, yeah. exercising, but also talking about, you know, eating correctly, sleeping correctly. Right. I recently I recently interviewed like a sleeping coach on, on my shows. Very, very interesting. Yeah. But so many entrepreneurs eat so badly. They don't sleep enough. They, right. They are, you know, they, die, they don't eat. They don't take the time to eat. Right. They don't exercise. But how can you be performant? If you don't take the time to take care of yourself, Look, right? I often compare being an entrepreneur to being a professional athlete. Yeah, it's exactly it's exactly the same yep. in terms of mindset. Yeah, it is. 
but in terms also of, of physical ability, it is, I mean, the best, the, the best professional athletes are very good because physically and mentally they're strong. Right. The best entrepreneurs are very good because physically and mentally they're strong, they're strong too. Right. And they understand the value of taking care of themselves. They understand the value of, you know, recovering, taking a break. Yes. You can't work all the time. You have to take breaks. Right. But it's so counterintuitive, you know? <laughs> yeah. We're like, yeah. We think, you know, if I stop working, that opportunity that, you know, I was on is, is going to be... I'm not accomplishing anything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. My, my, accomplishing anything. my wife and I both come up from a, a fitness industry background, and, and we have a saying, right? You, you better take time for your health, or your health is going to make you take time for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, you know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And this is so underrated by most entrepreneurs, I know, and then they end up, you know, burning out, or right. they end up like having, having health, health issues. Take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. You can take care of your business. You can take care of your people. You can take care of your family. Right. So, so, so important. Yeah. And the last quality, and I think I will go back to a technical skill here. Okay. One of the most underrated technical skill is financial management. Right. Don't start the journey for the money. Right. Because you will fail. But yes. never forget that the money is is the blood of 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 your of your company. Right. right. It's it's a very important means to an end. And your job is to make sure that you always have enough cash. Right. So that you can, you know, grow the business, but you can also pay your salary, you can pay yourself, etc. So you must learn financial management. I'm not saying you must be an accountant, which is completely different. <laughs> right, yeah. You must learn financial management. You must be able to read an income statement. You must be able make a make a budget. Right. You know, at least make a fun, a yearly budget and yeah. revise it on a regular basis. And make sure that you have uh, a cash flow forecast file. Right. So I think that would be like the three the three basic financial tools you need yeah. income statement budget cash flow forecast file. right yeah that's great yeah if you can't balance your own paycheck or sorry your own checkbook <laughs> you better take a step back before you start your own business because it is way too easy to um to lose track of um you know oh shit i thought you know i thought this was covered or i thought this was paid for i didn't yeah. expect this expense or whatever it is so yeah. um no i think that's <clears throat> that's great for sure so listen i want to start to get wrapped up here because I've, I've kept you i think about an hour here um but you know any last words any last words of advice to anybody who's thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or or entering you know getting a coach or, or whatever the, the floor is yours for for the last words of wisdom <laughs> if you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur i would say you know go back to what i was saying earlier on it has to be a calling it's like you have to feel it it, it is inside you you have it or you don't okay if you feel you don't have it don't go maybe you know, maybe it will come. It will come to you later on. Right. Okay. That is that is what I would I would say. Number one. Number two. Go back. Think about the mindset. Entrepreneurship is about mindset. It starts in your head. Do you have the right attitude? Are you ready to fall and get back back up? If you're afraid of failing, mm, mm -hmm. you know. And number three. Never forget that your biggest miss, your biggest risk is to become the bottleneck in your business. Right. 
That's great. Listen, you know what, Laurent? It's been great having you on the show. I want to thank you for taking the time out, for spending you know an hour out of your afternoon uh, with us. Legends, I want to thank you for allowing both of us into your world. Um, I hope you got some inspiration from this. You know, I hope you got some education from this. Um, as always, you know what? You know, I want to take this journey with you. I, I only want the best for you. I want you to become, you know, the best version of yourself and, and not be that bottleneck. Um, and you know what? Do me a favor. Hit that subscribe button so we can keep coming back. Uh, you know, I, I have great guests on every week. But I want to wrap it up with a golden nugget here. <clears throat> and uh, we kind of we kind of touched on it earlier when you often hear me ask guests about, you know, their why, right? Why did they want to be an entrepreneur? Why do they do what they, they do? And, you know, you heard Laurent uh, mention, you know, his reasons. And the reason I ask this question is, you know, through leadership training, and I think even Laurent uh, touched on it, they teach you that one of the biggest, you know, aspects you have for success is to come up with a strong why. If the why is powerful, then, you know, the how is easy, so to speak. And I use that term loosely easy, but, but if the why isn't strong, if your goals aren't powerful, if your vision isn't clear, which we kind of talked on as well, then when times get tough, and they will, <laughs> they'll get tough, there's gonna be failures. If the why isn't strong, it's too easy for you to pack up and quit. That That's just, you know, unfortunate. But quit is a word that shouldn't be in any entrepreneur's vocabulary. It's okay to fail, it's okay to pivot, but it's never okay to quit. So, you know, after today's episode, I've got some homework for you. <laughs> Just like Laurent gives his clients, you know, homework. I'm going to give the legend some homework. I really want you to think about your why. And I want you to write it down. And I want you to store it away somewhere safe. <laughs> then when times do get tough, I want you to read it back to yourself and ask yourself, is my why still strong enough to push me through the tough times? And if it's not, that's okay. But it's time for why 2.0. Because just like you need to be able to pivot in your business, your why will probably change as you get through your business, as maybe children come into the picture or whatever it is. So if that why just isn't strong enough to push you through the tough times, look at revamping it. Then put it away, carry on, and continue becoming that legend you and I know you're destined to be. That's a wrap for this week. Thank you all for joining. I appreciate you all. Thank you, for, Laurent, for being a guest. Truly some great words of wisdom there. And until next time, stay safe. Hey, everybody. I just want to thank you for joining us on today's episode. I hope you got some value out of it. I hope you got some education. I hope you got some inspiration to help you on your way and your journey to becoming that entrepreneur you know you deserve to be. Now listen, if there's anything you're struggling with, any questions you would like answered, any subject you would like us to cover, reach out to me. And if you're somebody who would like to be a guest on the show to share your knowledge, to share your inspiration, to help that next group of entrepreneurs get to where they want to be, I would love to have you on the show. Once again, thanks for listening. Truly appreciate you. Now go out there and start turning that dream into a reality.